0: Hey guys, want to get to that Quest to giveaway before we jump into the episode, but before we do that, just want to express my sincere thanks and appreciation from myself and Ryan for all the early adopters who have jumped in and shown their support to this little podcast thing that Ryan and I are having so much fun doing. So, thanks again, and with that, the winner is Mitchum Ar. Mitchum, you can email me at chris at shugheadgaming.com and uh, I will get that off to you right away. For all those who supported us again, thank you so much and uh, we'll catch you on this episode. Hey guys, welcome to episode 12. I'm Chris from Shuckhead Gaming. This guy next to me is Ryan from the VR Grid. Hello! Uh, yeah, thanks for joining us, guys. Um, don't forget, we're also on all the major podcast services, so if you want to see us instead of look at us... Uh, see it? Oh, wow. there, you Right off to the bang there, Ryan. See <laughs> us instead of look at us. If you want to listen to us instead of look at us... Yeah, you check sure. us out on all the podcasts. <laughs> do, do that. Um, anyways, guys, we want to... Uh, Jump into kind of a, I guess, a big conversation that I think we're going to have very soon as VR is starting to hit the mainstream. You know, everybody wants to, everybody talks about, you know, is VR going to make its break, you know, into the masses? But with that comes the issue of free to play loot boxes, um, DLC. But how that, you know, but DLC with that conversation comes, you know, game passes. And, uh, and then obviously overall pricing of video games, which has been very cheap because I think there's been a value proposition offer issue <laughs> with people trying to get into VR and, and just feeling like they're getting their value and just understanding, you know, I guess almost expectations or, or, uh, impressions of value for money in VR. I think there's an issue there, but we want to jump into all that. Um, let's kick things off, Ryan. I think with I want to kick things off with free to play. Um, no, I don't. I'm going to change that. Let's talk with video game pricing because I think video game pricing everything's going to flow from that because I think everything I mentioned prior to that is more those are strategies that developers and publishers have used to lower the price of their game. Yes, Yet still make money. Yes. Or Or make more money while deceiving you into thinking you're not paying. So let's, where do do you, where do you come into video game pricing? Not just VR, period.
1: Period? Okay, I'm going to take over here. Um, This has definitely been a bone of contention of mine for some time, and not just VR gaming, but I'll get into that. Um, But in general, um, I I think um, gaming is the most undervalued um, media we consume nowadays, Compared to anything, music, movies, um, streaming services does change the dynamic a little bit. But um, the idea that the next Call of Duty game or the next Assassin's Creed game or the next big AAA studio game costs, I mean, in Canada, we're up to the $80, $90 mark for the PS5 90. stuff. 90 So it's $80 in, in America then. Um, uh, the amount of content value we get out of that stuff there's no reason why those games shouldn't cost honestly double what they are. And obviously when you're selling to millions and millions of people, you can kind of downplay that cost a bit. Um, but for myself, when compared to like movies, how much does it cost to go to a movie? Not to say we go to movies nowadays, stupid COVID, but, um, you know, yeah. going to the theaters just you know, with a couple of friends, you know, that's 20 bucks a person plus, you know, your snacks or whatever else. Right. And you get two, two to three hours of entertainment, roughly. Um, and you're done. You've, you've, you have your money. You don't have that media. You've, you've consumed that film and you're done. Um, with games, I mean, like I said, when you're playing these 50-hour ca- hour, campaign, like hour campaigns, even like 30-hour campaigns, 100-hour campaigns, or, you know, these endless games or the multiplayer that just goes on forever and ever and ever, and you see how many hours people sink into these things, to me, complaining about a $90 game or $80 game, when you've sunk in 300 hours into it, like you've, you just you spent like 30 cents an hour, like for your game. And it's like, meh. like, you know, I can't believe Sony and Xbox are charging $10 more for this generation of games. It's not fair. Um, I get no one wants to pay more for stuff. Um, but like I said, I think it's, the game is so undervalued. Um, and, we, and we've seen that trickle down into VR um, where, you know, games come out that are, you know, typically smaller experiences, two to three hours long. Um, and they're twenty bucks, and I've seen so many people online who're like, "Mm, two to three hours, twenty bucks, not going to happen. Sorry, I'll wait till this is on sale. And every time I read that, I get a little bit angry. And obviously, this doesn't apply to every single game, every single title, but I think we've just as as VR. Consumers, I mean, I the, I the average cost of a VR game honestly is like no more than thirty dollars when you look at it. And I'm not talking about yeah. like like super like five dollar indie stuff, but just the stuff that does make our radar. You know, the stuff that gets covered on YouTube and whatnot. I think the average price is in that ballpark, and I think we as VR gamers. Have gotten used to that. Where the second a forty dollar game comes out, we're just like, whoa! This what's this thing gonna deliver? This thing this is gonna be something crazy. This is from like you know whoever. I mean, look at Squadrons. Squadrons was what fifty forty. I think it was forty dollars US when that dropped, and everyone was like, well, that's you know it's a bit more expensive than our average VR game. Like this thing better deliver, and I just I think I think VR is in a weird place now like with consumers where we start seeing more $60 games or $70 games for fuller experiences. And it still won't be like 80 hour campaigns, you know, a little be bigger, but I don't know if the VR market, or I guess our like current VR user base is like ready to make that adjustment to start sinking real money into real games again. It's, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know. I've just, I see a lot of people complain about the pricing on games and it honestly drives me nuts. I'm kind of like that. That's Like I said, it's it's undervalued, in my opinion, and I don't know if VR is ready for full-priced games on a consistent basis.
0: Yes, I agree with everything you just said. Um, End of episode. No, I... (laughs) Yeah, I think video games have a huge, like not just VR, but video games as a a whole, I think have a really huge image problem, I guess, on, on... with expectations of gamers and just it's almost an education of what goes into games i mean unfortunately and this kind of plays on what we were talking about with vic there is the fact that uh there's that we start we're starting to like especially youngins that are growing up into this this generation of of consuming content there's kind of this sense of of not just immediacy but entitlement where I should get all of this. Like I mean it is tough because video games are still like the one big medium that has not, you know, not really successful we're starting to see with Game Pass and and like other options like that. Um where you get like a you pay for a subscription you get a bunch of games. I think that's where we're headed. I think that's it's inevitable. Um but it's not there yet. But the p- fact but the problem is is that people are seeing the fact that they get all the TV all the movies, all the music for like nine bucks a month or whatever. Right. And with video games, that's not the case. And so there's an issue there, but I, but again, it becomes like an education thing. Cause I mean, okay. So a call of duty game, their budget is approximately $250 million per game. Right. Um, now that's not every game, but your AAA games. Yeah. They got big budgets, like hundred mil easy because, yeah. You know, it's movie quality special effects, you know, CG, like basically, but that's the whole game. It's movie. It has like movie quality voice acting, if not movie actors like, you know, Hollywood actors like it's got the same kind of production budgets, all the motion cap, everything. And I mean, yeah, games like let's say it's between 70 and 90 bucks and, you know, paying for a ticket at the theater or the DVD is like $20. So but it's a two hour. You consume it for two hours. And then for most people, that's it. They're done with that movie. Whereas a video game, you know, where we're like, because in addition, we're like, it needs to be like 20 hours at least. Um, Okay, so let's take that two hours of entertainment value. And you're and you have you have you have kind of qualified that as being worth $20. All right. So let's times that by 10. That's the price of your game now. And what do you end up with? Well, you end up with the price of a game in the 1980s, because video games in the 1980s could cost close to $200 per game, uh, and people forget that. I mean, you hear it time and time again: video games are still the cheapest they've ever been. Yeah that little that little price bump that they did to like to get it up to $90 or wherever you live, 80, 70, wherever that lands for you that that $10 bump or whatever, it's I bet you the gaming industry was like, oh my God, are they, gonna, are they gonna blink? They're gonna revolt. But they desperately need that. And I mean people are like, oh no, they don't need that. I mean, okay, yeah, they could be swimming in money. But again, that's a very small percentage of your of your studios that are just like like just raking in the dough. Yeah. And if they are, it's typically because of some of the additional kind of streams of revenue that we'll get into. Now, as it relates to VR, yeah, I know, you're, like, you're dead on. It's it's really frustrating. Uh, at the same time, I also can get caught up in that, where totally. it's like, you know, where it's like, well, that shouldn't be more than $30, yeah. and it's like, and I mean, I don't know, it's a tough, here's the problem, Ryan, I think, is the problem is, is that for the, let's use the 80-20 rule, for 80% of the games that have come out in the VR market, I feel like the pricing model kind of makes sense. Like you know, Blasters of the Universe—that's uh, a, that's a deep cut—but I'm let's just say a wave shooter, you know, comes out for twenty bucks. Or let's more something uh, you know, um, uh, In Death, for example, comes out like between the twenty and thirty dollar price mark. I feel like that's a fair price. It's 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 a well made, polished game, but you know, it's like only a few levels, and it's kind of a it's kind of you know, it's basically just a roguelike where you just kind of repeat and repeat and repeat. So, you know, like, I feel that's kind of a fair price. And I actually feel if that came out in in, t- in flat gaming. That's probably still also hit that that budget game price point where the problem comes in is that extra 20%. That 20% of games that bring the quality, you know, like on PlayStation, it could be like, you know, Blood and Truth or... Um, see, there's exceptions too. So I'm going to stick with like, you know, like Blood and Truth and Astrobot and games like that where it's like, you know, um, or on you know, and on the PC, like you said, or P- PSVR squadrons is a, another good example. When they, they go, No, now we kind of like this is this is a big budget game, you're you're getting that quality, you got to pay real game prices for this. But
1: I said, and I, people every, are just like, Ah, but every game you just mentioned still never came out at a full game price. Like, you want to talk about no, like Half know Life they Alex, um, Hitman 3 would be more uh, better examples of those full priced yeah. games, and um, both those games delivered. I mean, Hitman 3. Um, you know, significant campaign, multiple you know, re- re- replay factor and whatnot, but that's an eighty dollar game. And even when that game dropped, I saw people where there's like eh, 80 bucks, I'll wait till it's on sale.
0: But most people I think took Hitman as like because Hitman's almost an exception because the value offered there was sick. I mean, how much more can you cram into a game? Like, I mean, that was pretty decent. Uh I think Half-Life Alex is the better option because it's like an eight-hour campaign. One like with not a ton of ideas. It's a gorgeous. Whoa, 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 it's game. It's
1: like a 12-hour campaign there, Mr. Mr. Elite player.
0: If you suck like you. <laughs> but okay. But let's just say it's a no, it's a, it's a fairly voice. standard first person shooter campaign length. Oh, yeah. Um, with not really actually a ton of ideas throughout it. It's just a really well-made game that's very polished and very slick. You rarely hear anybody bitch about Half-Life Alex's pricing. So there's definitely that elite. that 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 elite area of game where people are like oh yeah like that's that's like no question gotta have it but there's that that but that's still like that's like the one percent there's that 20 percent of games that are just like these are not cheap games these were like really good these are really good games and like space junkies was a a, probably a good example people squawked that it came out like it came out like forty dollars or something like that Yep. and it it, I think, a lot of people would say that that killed the game because a lot of people looked at that as, well. It's a new IP, doesn't have a ton of content at launch. Um, I'm not paying for it. Yeah. Whereas a game like that with the same amount of content, if it if it was like capturing people's attention, they would expect to get that. They would pay for that on um, on a flat game. But the VR community is like, they're gun shy. I think that you know maybe that's the issue. Maybe that your VR community has just—they've grown up where in in an industry that's still in its infancy and is still mostly indie-driven, and so they've been burned with games like not really having a ton of content. Um, I think they're all priced fairly well, but I still think that is that they're expecting to get a, a, like a three-hour experience without a lot of depth. Like, let me ask you this: Do you think that? Saints and Sinners kind of come out as a full price game.
1: Uh And couldn't... I mean
0: full priced.
1: Oh, 80 bucks?
0: Yeah. Uh no. It's not Should it have?
1: No, I don't think so. Um not for like 80 bucks. Um Why? It's not overly long. Um there isn't a ton of replay factor. There's some choices you make during that campaign, but they don't really affect much. I mean, there's a couple different endings, but really um and honestly i guess it doesn't look it you know it doesn't have that 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 triple a polish it's a polished game it's amazing but it's still small you're in these little sandbox stages it does they they, they did a great job at, at hiding just how small that game is but it's a smaller game they just did a really good job at kind of making you forget about that um but it's you know, like I said, it's it's got a decent length campaign for a VR title. I mean for any I shouldn't say for a VR title for any game. It you know, it's it's what, ten hours for that one too, I think, somewhere in there. Am I crazy? Uh,
0: it depends. I mean I've heard a lot of people spend twelve to fourteen hours on the campaign. Yeah, okay, yeah.
1: Uh-huh. I think
0: if you're if you're like me, like I like survival games um a lot. Like my, my favorite part of that is the survival and the crafting aspects. And so if you're that type of guy, like I was doing like just crafting runs. And so like seriously, like it took me probably three or four hours before I even like took the second mission. Like <laughs> I never, I it took me forever to leave the the main the first map. That's fine, and that's absolutely fine. But that's that that's that survival game mentality. I'm like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready yet. Yeah, I need yeah. at least a hundred arrows. <laughs> like you know, and, and I then, love that. And act. you
1: never use the arrows because you're just scared to waste them. Yeah.
0: So you know, <laughs> but I mean that's you know and. There's an interesting conversation there around around Walking Dead. I love it. Anyone who watches my shit knows that it's been my number it's my number one game across PlayStation Quest and PC. It's amazing. Even above Half-Life. I um, agree. Just because I really, man, and I want to go play it again. Like it I loved that game. But just jumping off what you said, I'm like, if they just went, if they just put that game in into re released it as a flat game. I would still like I'd still enjoy playing it but I think people would be like, oh, there's not that much to it." Because the game excels significantly because you're doing it in VR. Our our expectations are so low for VR games in some ways for meaty real like something to really dig into that when it when something that comes along like that that's just really decent, we're like, "Oh my god." Like if Asgard if Asgard's wrath um, was able to like run on Quest and PSVR and get a lot more, a lot more visibility than just on the PC. That would be another game that people would just be like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, Asgard's Wrath. Like it's another one of those games where it's even giving. That's a game that gives flat games a run oh, of yeah. its money. I, that would be a game that would sure. do. And that's a game that I would say even more than I'm not saying I like it more than Saints and Sinners necessarily, um, or Half Life. I'm saying it's a game that plays on more equal footing i think if it came in at, a, at a, as a full price game it's yep. got the looks the sound
1: it's lengthy then, it's a lengthy campaign it's, it's,
0: uh, it's you know it goes it, in many ways it can go head to head against people's experiences with skyrim i'm not saying necessarily with skyrim but the way that people like uh, like feel about playing skyrim in vr and but it's not a full price game i don't think it is i'm sure i don't think it's cheap
1: it is a full it's in that $70 range for sure. At least that's what it was when it launched. It was a it was a, it was a full price game. Look it up, you'll um, be right. That's fine.
0: Well that's what I'm looking at right now. I think you know you're right. It's not a cheap game. Um oh, damn it, you know, I can't look at the price on here because I
1: ha. <laughs> 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 Private window man, it's come important. on, you should know how to do this. Um but uh while you're doing that, um to your point yeah. uh about these value games, it's also the, uh, I'll use no man's sky as an example. Um, that game has been out forever. Um, available flat. And we got the VR patch last year or I guess two years ago now. Um, and I mean, that's a game with endless content and you know, it, and people were like, well, it's even, even when it released for VR, I mean, there was obviously people that were just like all over it and paying the full price for it. Um, cause it's still retails for, um like next i think it's like 60 dollars still if you buy it brand new in store or something like that
0: which game are we talking about i derped out there
1: no man's sky okay and they have and people were still just like "Mm, you know it's an older game i'll i'll wait for it to be on sale and i was like yeah but it's it's a brand new vr game and you know for the content value for that is insane insane and you have to factor in too, which is we haven't touched on, is development costs. Um, you know, everyone always says VR costs more to develop than flat. I know that's kind of that that gap is closed um, since VR has been a thing the last four years, but from my understanding, it still takes more effort and more assets to build a VR game, um,
0: especially when you're looking at the Quest and the PlayStation, right? Because the the optimization is. For some of those games, is like basically means rebuild the game. Yeah, some of these games are rebuilt. Like a lot. Of, I think that's again, it's an it's an it's an education process, and it's not like I expect marketing departments of video games to go like go. We want you to understand how hard this game was to make. That's just not going to happen. So the only way you change it is just deliver on the quality. But yeah, optimizing a game for the quest of the PSVR can be uh, like i mean to the point where they even have to just like sub it out to another another company to do the port you know like uh zero caliber for example um it comes out it's turned out that zero caliber the reason we're going to actually see it on the quest and not the PSVR if we ever see it on the PSVR is because there's another company doing the PSVR port and mm-hmm. i can't remember the dev but the dev of zero caliber is handling the quest port
1: just, it, it.
0: it just shows you that, like, if another studio has to take it on, it's not just as, like, a lot of people think, well, will should make it VR, just just flip the switch. And it's like, maybe on PC, some of these games could literally, could just be, like, brought into stereoscopic 3D, um, although that comes with its own issues. Uh, And then just kind of like, well, you got the power. Yeah. But even then, it's not the case. Uh It's, you know, I don't know it's just an issue with people understanding and they're never, it's never going to change.
1: No, I understand that. I mean, I, it's like you said it in every single review I've ever published, I've always put down, what would I pay? And it basically yeah. kind of puts down a dollar value that I think it's worth whether, you know, it, it's just for that content value and that quality of game. So even if this game, you know, five years down the road, you know, it, it, if it's ever goes on sale, like that price point, whether it's higher or lower than what the game came out at retail, I think, you know, it, it's, it's, it tells me what I think a game is worth. And I think I do stuff pretty fairly, but obviously price is a huge factor. It's why it's there. Um, but I, like I said, I think, you know, um, before we get into the other stuff here, like we're just used to these, um, these like I said, these $30 games at the most. And even going ab- above that, um, a lot of these games that do get DLC, it's free. Very few games we've seen with expanded content um, charge for it, excluding stuff like, firewall which has their season passes and you get some extra trinkets and whatnot or extra characters or access to characters ahead of time um but for the most part vr devs just give us dlc for free it's nice it's awesome um saints and sinners just gave us their little extra horde mode there uh with um with their last update available in the quest too and we don't you don't see that as much on the flat side of things. You still do. I'm not saying that like we're just spoiled with all this free stuff. I'm assuming honestly the reason why we get so much stuff for free is because sales are poor. And rather than trying to gouge money, not gouge, but rather than trying to like like dip into those pockets of people that already played your game when you didn't sell enough to begin with, at least by your whatever standards, instead you're trying to trying to increase your content value of your original title. So then you make, look, we've got 25% more game for the same price. Yep. Um, i'm it's, assuming it's also is.
0: it's yeah it's also an excuse i think to to re-promote. it's almost like a it's like a band going on tour it's like it's not like that anymore but it used to be going on tour to promote your album mm-hmm. now, now now it's making an album to go on tour but it's just still the same idea of like we're you know like we if we launch a you know ooh the time trials in uh, or the the trial mode in uh walking dead it's like they promoted the crap out of that. Yep. Now that's not a game that necessarily needed needed the extra extra coin, but of of I I, don't, I bet it didn't make as much money as it deserved to. Still, it's still a small market, right? Um, you know, for all its accolades and Game of the Year, it's not selling like that type of game would have in like you know the flat world. Um, I think it did pretty good though. <laughs> it did. It did. W- it definitely did well. But I mean, you know, at most, it sold like if if every single headset bought a a copy, it would be. Still, like, probably, like, 10 million. Yeah, there's no
1: way it did. I mean, there's no No, way. No,
0: it didn't. But, I mean, like, 10 million? Like, some flat games would be like, close the studio.
1: I think Resident Evil 7 said they had just passed 1 million VR users, I think, for Resident Evil 7. Which is a huge number when you consider Which they
0: were excited about. That's crazy. That's 20% of all users. But that number also came from a time period when there was no Quest there was PC and PSVR
1: i mean that no that number know. came out recently that that was a very recent number yeah well, yeah, yeah. last within the last also, 6 months i think
0: but, but it also had its time if you know what i mean like that game it's still a, oh, a it's dated a game like if it launched game. if it launched now with all the all like if 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 the village Resident Evil village got the vr push i think it would probably land on more than a 100 more than a million headsets but
1: No, the point I was making was basically that that the Resident Evil Seven is a lauded franchise. This is like one of the biggest gaming franchises in the world, and for VR users, you know, out of the five million PSVR players, twenty percent of them over the course of four years played that game, and you know, so I can't imagine Saints and Sinners faring better in that regard. Just because it still is a horror. I mean, I've seen people like. You know, like, you know, how Saints and Sinners, like, is it, is it really scary? I don't like scary games, you know,
0: hesitation around that. So
1: there is still, you know, it's, it's still a genre specific game. If you play VR because you like to, you know, flip burgers and you just like job simulator because you get to like photocopy donuts, then Saints and Sinners probably isn't for you. And there is that market where, like I said, Resident Evil 7 is arguably a crazy ass experience. It's amazing. Um, It's a great transitional game for non-VR players to go into VR and just see what VR can do for your game. 20% 20% of VR players have played that game. So, I mean, imagine how many non-VR players have played that game who just, like, were at a friend's house. Minimal. Um, I just went totally tangential there. Uh, yeah, well, Saints and Sinners, it definitely, you know, it, as much, yeah, as, as nice. good as it would have sold, it still has yeah, it's not like a 20 20- billion you know 20 million dollars or 20 million copies sold yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i
0: think i guess one of my point is i think that's it's less them say dropping the the trials mode on on like now basically on all consoles whether they call it the the meat grinder update or whatever it's the same thing um i actually had to look into that you know basically the only thing was is that the meat grinder update brought a, like a bunch of stuff um in addition to the trials and the Quest version launched with some of that stuff, so it didn't need the full Meat Grinder update. It just got the trials. Ah. But I digress, yes. So I was looking into that. Someone asked. But I thought you brought... You you touched on where I think is one of the most significant moves in the VR scene, and that is Firewall Zero Hour. Because I can't think of anything, really, even on PC, um, where... A VR studio and a VR game decided to start uh pull up put on its big boy pants and start treating itself like a game would uh, a similarish game in the in the in like you know in like traditional flat gaming it, it started the way it started to go into season modes. Now we've seen that in Pop One, but prior to Pop One, Firewall really did it a lot. Like they really started to mimic like kind of like the for good reason the Rainbow Six Siege kind of model of you know every every 4 months you launch a few new characters a new map you promote you have a promotion around that and uh, basically everybody gets the characters but they can purchase early access to them and and uh and you know currency to get them quicker and stuff like that right mm-hmm. so they adopted that model we'd never seen that the only game i could think of at that time period um that brought out anything dlc related funny enough was corks oh really you could buy masks
1: Oh, okay. Well, you could. The Battlezone had their little bobbles. You could buy bobbles for the Battlezone inside your tank. Okay, um, so that would
0: be that would be another. One. I was actually thinking about that too. But I think Corx was still the first game where I saw DLC pop. Oh, up. Oh, Corx was Quirks. probably the
1: first. I mean, Corks was one of the first PSVR games, and those, those those stupid heads came out very very quick. So I was like, oh my god, that's that's ballsy to start charging for avatar heads for a game that no one knows about or cares yep. about. Sorry, Corx. I know you get some love, but realistically, no one gave a fuck about your game back then um so to charge for dlc i would you look uh, some people did obviously i know there's some corks Kork- corks is a solid game um but like i said i, I remember I remember thinking when i saw the those little the, the the heads i was like man that's a that's a ballsy move to think that people want to pay for your game you're very indie game and then pay for heads on top of that
0: um yeah you know who loved corks was uh ken gumball um who passed away Rest in away peace, recently. buddy. Rest in peace. For you guys who don't know, he was a really active uh, and very positive member of the uh, of the game community, period. Not just the GameCats, but also VR. And and he loved Koroks. I actually played a few times with him. And so, um, how dare you speak badly of Koroks there, Ryan? <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> Look, I'm just saying it's not, it was just a ballsy move for a very small game. Of course it was. That's all I was saying.
0: But I mean, I mean, yeah. But that's the same way I looked at First Contact. Uh, and they got a lot of pushback for that. There was a, I remember there was a lot of people bitching about the fact that they were, oh, they're charging for content now. And it was like, yeah. And they were the first like real VR game to kind of go, yeah, we're doing DLC now, boys and girls. <laughs> we're, we're doing, you know, like the fact that we're doing seasonal content. And people got into it. People got used to it after that initial, like, Ugh. But there is that. Well, that, that
1: initial issue. month was a mess. Remember that initial, that first well. month? <laughs> Service never back. worked at all, and well, took them a month contact, to fix it.
0: Yeah, they've got a they're starting to get a bad reputation for uh, premature ejaculation. Um, and uh, yeah, but I mean that was a big move though, oh, right? yeah. because they took the first step. They were the ones that jumped first, and I think that's what we're you know that's where we're kind of headed. Is that like DLC has become more and more of a of a pricing model for studios like game passes although we've seen a little bit of a backpedal on that because like the games that were like the worst for it have started to back off that because they were like the shooters because they started to realize they were segmenting their player base by having map packs and such so they've backed off of that but it's still you know they've just gone into cosmetics
1: yeah and and that free-to-play model too where i mean look at uh call of duty Warzone, not vr obviously but they're just like hey Play it for free, guys. Like whatever that thing pulls in something like I don't know, it made something like I don't know, a couple billion dollars last year or something like that. It's a free game. It's a free game. You can play. well I shouldn't say the yep. whole game's free, but like the core multiplayer component of that, the 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 um, the oh my god, the battle royale mode of that's free. I mean, I played it for a while too.
0: Which is Warzone? Yeah, Warzone. That is that is that. Oh, is sorry. The yeah, it is. Royale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, but here's the thing. <laughs> Do you like before we d- take too deep of a dive into that? Let's just, just with DLC, let's just forget loot boxes for right now. All right. Um, DLC, which I would say is more n- now where DLC is really starting to let's stay away from cosmetics, real DLC, like, like, like game passes, you know, season passes, that type of thing. Do you want to see that in VR? Because right now, I don't want to see you it manages to stay away from it. And a lot of that's <laughs> probably because it's indie devs and they just don't play like that.
1: No, that's exactly what it is. And that's that's why, you know, it's coming. Um it's you know, everyone wants our these big games in VR. We want Call of Duty in VR, we want, you know, Battlefield in VR, we want these big franchises in VR. Well, those big franchises have big publishers, and some of those companies are publicly traded, which means they answer to, you know, their uh pfft, boards are escaping me you know they have to they, they have their quarterlies they got to make sure they have profits margins and for their stock values and blah blah blah, 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 blah 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 so it becomes i mean ea we're talking about ea basically as far as the main exam- what you're for thank you shareholders um so they have to they have to constantly be providing not only like cash and like inflow of, of, of money but they have to co- make sure they have plans for every single every single game to make money and that's been a big issue now where
0: it's the priority
1: you know, yeah, it, and, yeah, you know, They
0: don't care necessarily whether it's a great experience.
1: Yeah, um, but they. It's why we see these things, you know, are free or free to play, and then you can still buy a game for eighty dollars on the console, and then you still season pass is extra forty bucks, and that's just for like the once, you know, the, the the one year, the yearly pass. Plus, there's extra stuff. Anyways, you can get outside of that that you can buy on your own. It's this nickel and dime mentality. Um, yep. I don't want to see it. I understand why it's there, and if it's cosmetic and doesn't really affect the gameplay, that's one thing. But like I say I remember playing Gears of War, um, three. I want to say when they started releasing the map packs, and basically it was like if you didn't buy the up uh, the most recent map pack, you get to a point where you get booted from a server because like sorry, you can't play this map.
0: And and that is that is starting to just evaporate very quickly. Yeah. And the big ones were like Call of Duty and and uh, Battlefield. And, and and Titanfall was actually probably one of the first ones too to just go, okay, it's all for free. And funny enough, Titanfall, the reason that comes to mind is because they did that mid-stream. Like, they had charged for all four packs. And then near the end of the lifespan, they're they like, okay, so here you go. There's there's all the DLC. And then when Titanfall 2 came out, they just kept that model, right? So I think that's that's coming to an end. I don't know. like Here's the thing. Like, I don't mind paying for a game pass if it's, if it's quality, if it if it's, if there's like a quality offering there, like I, the problem that I think a lot of people have with game passes is that you get that sense that they pulled shit out of the game just to resell to you. Um, but you know,
1: I so mean, that look- was, uh, it's Capcom did that with one of their Street Fighter games where someone went into code and like their, their DLC characters that you could purchase later on, someone went in the, yeah. into the game code they're, like, yeah. they're actually already in the game, they're literally just like price blocking those things
0: oh totally, what about, I mean but uh, it's really bad when you play a game and you're like I know they pulled content out of this like Battlefront was a perfect example um, both of them, especially Battlefront 2 where it was like, there was so there was not a lot of value offer there and yet It's like, you just knew there was shit missing. You could just feel that there was like, that they were just withholding stuff. And then, yeah, here it comes. And just, and a whack of Game Pass crap. Um, It was just like, you know, even if they're not charging for it, they're still trickling it in. And like, and that's the other thing. Game Passes that say, you're going to get three installments, three story installments. But they don't tell, like, they don't know what they are yet. (laughs) But here's the thing. Like, I'm just saying, like, Love them or hate them, the Assassin's Creed games—they'll charge you like a forty-dollar game pass, and then they'll drop three real, like, really large additions, and t- and typically like different areas with a different twist to the narrative, or you know, like they try to offer some real value to it um, for that game pass. And me, 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 personally, I by the time I finish an Assassin's Creed game, I'm so sick of the game because they're so like just long winded. I didn't want any more. Yeah. But I mean, that's but that's that's the type of thing where it's like if you loved it and you got a lot of game out of it, and you want more g- game content, then that's when a game pass is sweet. But all too often, it's just a cash grab, and it feels like a cash grab. And so, do I want that in VR? No, because I I often say that I love that VR feels like the Wild West, where it's like you know we just get a brand new level or a brand new mode added in for free and sometimes out of nowhere that's so exciting in the vr scene i
1: remember what i expect you to die was a good one for that where the base game was awesome everyone loved the base game it ended there no one expected more dlc yeah. and the guys over at shell games were like and here's a new level ah like thanks for buying our game it's like sweet yeah. and then they're like and you know a couple months later they're like and here's a new level i think the last level for that game came out like what two and a half or three years after the game launched and every time was a surprise and it was free every single time. It's awesome. Um, I can't think of other examples that had free DLC after the fact, but I know they're out there um, with additional content. Um, but it just goes to my point. Even for the most part, this stuff is free for VR, and I'm not sure why that's the case, honestly. Um, but I think it, you
0: nailed it. I don't think I don't even think you need to rethink it. I think you nailed it. Is that it? Is that ideology of the two things? One is they know the game launched light on content, which which I expected I did. And so there is that kind of wanting to offer a little more value once you get cash flow, which I think is also the reason why some of these games launch light and patch in later, because they're small studios that really need cash flow. Um, sometimes that works for them, sometimes that really backfires, because their game launches, like say, the heck was that game we were just talking about, it? that um, damn it, I can't remember what it was, it was that multiplayer game that you wiped my ass with.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, man, I just... I know. Gargantua, no? Yeah,
0: something I know. Megalith. Megalith. So that's an example of a game that was like, you have one map and like six characters. You're not ready to come out. Oh,
1: man. And it was so... I think it was 30 bucks when that one came out, and it was just like, no. And then they wanted to charge... And then they went
0: free-to-play. Well,
1: no, it's not free-to-play. They released... Oh, no, it is free-to-play.
0: They went free-to-play
1: and yeah it couldn't save it but it was just so light on content and yeah me and you both said that we both were like this is this is a really solid game this is a solid foundation but there's only one level and it's only 2v2 and there just isn't enough here to sustain any kind of interest and let alone you're charging for like dlc for characters like i'm not gonna be playing this in a month why am i gonna and pay that for was over
0: and it was overwhelmingly that kind of sentiment that this is cool but there's not enough here and then the studio was like desperately you could tell they were like it's coming we're working on a new character and there's a new map coming at some point and that it map like, took forever i know because they were probably they were pr- i think they were really pushing to get that out and they just they weren't right re- it's not like they had that map ready and we're just drip feeding it they literally were like oh shit yeah we need more content um you know and so, <clears throat> so dlc i mean we've seen that kind of in the in the in the vr space i think the like outside of like say like firewall being the first one to really like treat see like the same way that like traditional gaming does the next one would be the like seeing the rhythm music games come in Mm -hmm. like beat saber and all of the other versions of it whether you know like autica or synth synth Riders. riders or whatever you know any of those games they song packs because that just makes sense like rock band and guitar hero especially rock band kind of built that that kind of like offering into our game culture now that you just expect to pay like a couple bucks a song type thing and beat saber kind of just stuck with that and people are like oh their their pricing models it's not cheap for game prices it's like no it's not but that is the definitely the, the price model that was set in traditional gaming and i'm sure i'm sure that that uh, the licensing isn't cheap around that and so i don't really squawk at that but that's a thing you know like that's the biggest thing that you see as far as dlc and vr right now is those music rhythm games and yeah. Whether you want to buy those packs or not, you know, not even getting into the modding side on on the PC and the quest side, you know, because that kind of undercuts that price model. But you know, welcome to digital everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I don't, I don't, I don't really know what else to say, or, other than the fact that you know, I don't. It's in VR. It's already here, especially the DLC side uh, in certain games. I think that, like you said, well, as the big boys come in. As the big boys come in, we're going to see the DLC. But even Sony themselves has been pretty, like, look at look, look at Blood and Truth. They consistently added content yeah. into that game. And that was, like, awesome. And they didn't need to do that. Only them. I'm
1: trying to think of any other, like, first-party Sony VR games that released DLC after the fact. I can't think of Astrobrot no. just released the way it was. Yeah. Um,
0: everybody's Golf. Um, yeah, no. I can't believe that didn't get a multiplayer patch but it's insane fucking duh <laughs> it's
1: just like i had they're just like yeah like they don't want multiplayer what? they could
0: launch that now and the whole game would take on a new life like it would absolutely be amazing so yeah <sighs> to that but uh that's my maturity coming out um you know then there's the loot box thing and if you're talking loot boxes you can't talk loot boxes and not talk free-to-play Because that's become, I mean, yes, you can. Call of Duty still has loot boxes and you still pay full price for that game. Uh, But Call of Duty actually offers a ton of content for their games. Like (laughs) they'll offer you like an eight hour, five to eight hour campaign, you know, like a ton of multiplayer maps and zombie modes. And like they're becoming their, that's becoming its own game just there,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you know, so that's not really a great example. But, you know, I guess the big one to talk about in VR would be Population 1. And this is actually funny enough. Population One is the, the game that made me kind of think of this conversation because what I'm seeing, Population One attracts definitely a younger demographic. I mean, obviously, all of all age demographics in VR, even old fucks like us, like you know, like that looks awesome. It's just a sweet game. But the youngins who who grew up on on. <laughs> on I just, you know i can
1: say hyper dash flashbacks right now from last week yeah i know i'm
0: like <laughs> ah, ptsd but the youngins who grew up on like you know, literally grew up on Fortnite as like that is their like formative video gaming moment like i mean my my buddy who has a couple of young kids like the population one is just like oh yeah vr's made it now like to them it's like okay it's now i want a headset but i get all these comments in my reviews consistently looks sweet but it should be free to play and I'm just like no it shouldn't like <laughs> for so many reasons um the big one being like I I don't want like any game that's free to play whether you can see it right away or not has a grind model built into it oh yeah like even if and typically what the the, the more sa- savvy games will make it so that like the grind seems really really decent until you hit a certain ceiling. And then you're too deep into it already. Um, You know, my wife was playing, uh, it's like a Diablo clone. I can't remember what it's called now. And it's a free-to-play game. And, I mean, I couldn't believe how much value. It was like Diablo, like, it was amazing. But then I started to, like, read about it. And it turned out that, like, it had this massive uh, skill tree. Like, massive skill tree. Like, probably over 150 points in the skill tree. And there was a certain point that when you went into the skill tree that if you literally didn't pick like the exact perfect path, you would hit a point where the grind got so bad that you would either have to just keep grinding or you would have to like actually backtrack. Like you could do like a a reset of a certain amount of points and then choose a different a different path. But you had to pay for that backtrack. (laughs) There was like there was like that was like that was the the thing that you had to pay for. And it got, and I mean, my wife hit that point where she was like, "Oh man, like I cannot move forward."
1: So educate me on Population One because <clears throat> they have their seasons now. Are these they, are these season passes? Are they paid for season passes? No.
0: Okay, so, so they're free. Okay. So Pop One, yeah, with its initial like thirty dollar price tag or twenty five or wherever you live, um, yeah, you just got the like they were definitely going for that Fortnite formula of like here's your single map, and there's all and everything else was cosmetics, like it was all skins. There was nothing else that you could, you couldn't preload your character with anything significant other than cosmetics jumping into the match. So obviously cosmetics is where they started to, that's where they make their money and they've got an in-game currency, right? And then they'll, they'll run, they'll run in-game competitions and stuff, which is really cool. Like we were playing, they added a mode where there was gold balloons that you had to pop and they were, they were like, they'd be placed in every single map and you'd have to shoot at them. And I loved that idea because you really wanted to get all the balloons in the map, because if you did, then you unlocked, depending on how, how much you progressed in that, you would start to unlock like really cool skins. Mm-hmm. So obviously you wanted them, uh, and you couldn't buy these either. That was which was actually I liked. But that was really strategic because then you were shooting at things and ratting yourself out. So like right. how bad do you want those balloons? <laughs> Well, like I was playing with Jason and yeah, we wanted those balloons pretty bad and we died a couple of times because we're like, bah, 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 just giving away our positioning. But they definitely have started to go pretty hard on the, uh, on like buying currency to buy skins for better get scuns, gun guns, gun skins, body skins. And typically like in that game, the, the base, the base skins and stuff on the guns and the people are like boring as shit. Yeah. Look, really I'm, generic. So, any type of any type of cosmetic is like desperately needed to just make you look different.
1: Look, I'm fine with that, man. I mean, like I said, um if it's all optional, it's all cosmetic. I, you can put like hundreds of dollars worth of cosmetics in there if you want. It doesn't matter to me. That's on you as the gamer to play. I mean, I, I, you know, I, as a guy who's played Clash of Clans way too long. Um, I've given that game a lot of money. It's a free-to-play game. Obviously, it's got the grind in there, but it's also it's worth my time. Um, and that's like I said, Population One. I think it's a thirty-dollar game. I think, um, and if that gets you the entire game minus the cosmetic shit, one, it shouldn't be free-to-play. That's just ridiculous. And two, if it's just cosmetic, like, you know, if you're spending a hundred hours in there, and this game is you know giving you your thirty-dollar value and then some. Yeah, man, go buy a cosmetic. That's cool. That's sweet. Options to customize your guy in a game like that—absolutely awesome. I'm totally down for that stuff. It's nice to make a character in a game feel like your own. I mean, I remember just thinking back to those days, it, like Super Nintendo, Nintendo games, where you could like name your own character, like, "Oh shit, I'm Ryan." Hi, Ryan, and stupid little scrolling text. How are you doing? So, yeah. the, if you can make yourself feel more like you in a game, I'm down with that. Uh, the, the issues just come up, like, say, when it becomes pay to win, which once again we're seeing less and less of that now as yeah, well. Yeah, because it's
0: because the back. The backlash on that has been brutal,
1: Um, but they're still
0: finding ways to do it. They're still, especially Bethesda. They they just they just find they get these they work it in there, like even the ability to just respec your character in you know like is just like when you really look at it in the way that like say uh, Fallout seventy six works. It's like fuck, like you bastards, or or the ability to like you know they have these like. They'll have this ability to it's an MMO basically right and they'd have, they, they'd offer the ability to um fix yourself on the battlefield like immediately and you could grind those and you could make those in the game but you could also buy them and so so well, it's not it's not it's not a pay to win because you can make them yourself and you can tra- and, and you you couldn't trade them that was a the thing they wanted you to have to buy them uh it was just scabby.
1: But I think, like what we're talking about here, it just it doesn't happen in VR yet for one big reason, and that's player base. Um, I was
0: I'm glad you I went mean, there because that's what I was going to say about Pop One. That's what people don't take into account. If you read, if you read the stats on free to play games in the mobile market, which is where it was, it runs rampant. Only one percent of those companies make the type of money you think of. You know, not everyone's out there making Pokemon Go money. Um very few of them are very few of them are as successful as your fortnights or your apex constructs you know they just don't make that kind of money but the but the, where they make that money i mean like pokemon go was making like like five million a day or something it was f- ridiculous because it's a pl- it's just a numbers game that's why they've gone free to play well you know on pop one i mean at most what have you got five uh, the most is everyone had a copy of that on PC and on and on Quest, you'd have like again less than 10 million. Oh yeah. Like less if than everyone five. bought it. So let's say you even have five million, let's say you even have you know four million players playing. Dude, and like it, it, and, and how and what and what percentage of those people are actually gonna buy cosmetics? Let's say it is only 20%. Man, that game is in development for years. It needs that upfront money. It just does. And the fact that you think you should get this for free yeah well g- good for you like but it, you it's like it's very it's very short-sighted
1: no and like i said it's a, it's a ballsy move and i remember like I said um and you know like I said pop one's free i remember playing that saber game um when you play those like cat mechs and you run and you run around the map and remember oh, that saber game? yeah 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 and once you every time you finish a a, a stage you got access to loot boxes and they give you different colored guns looking for like purple guns or whatever you unlocked it was awesome um that was also free too um the one that stands out in my mind more recently is mortal blitz combat arena uh,
0: which i never played but you did
1: yeah there's it's fr- there's a free-to-play version um and that lets you play to level 10 and get you you know some you get there's some loot boxes attached to that as well um but to get the the full edition which I th- there's it's a confusing model just because there's so many little, like, tiers. Because you have, like, it's, like, your cash, and then you have, like, different kinds of coins, and you have, like, other crypto, or whatever. There's, like, three different, like, like, like ways to buy stuff in that game. Um, but, of course, that one has paid loot boxes. And paid four seasons as well. And I just thought, man, the balls on these guys to just come out of here with a stationary... Not stationary, you can teleport around the map to, like, individual hexes, but it's still a teleportation-based system. Um, four players at the most... To come out with with paid for season passes and paid for loot boxes right out of the hop, I was like, the ball's on you because and then you know, and and they did release their, their free version, but I was like, no one's gonna be playing this. Even in the free version, I highly doubt there is a significant market or people or a significant number of people playing that game. And the idea of now content locking any kind of anything in that game behind these paywalls was like, you guys clearly think this is like a way bigger market than you realize. Cause it's like, I'll, I'll, I'll fire up today, but even like towards the end of my review, when I reviewed this game, I couldn't find players and there was a free to play model already in existence and no one was playing it. So I can't imagine then, um, that company making any money off of those season passes because why would you like, why that's insane. I know. And, yeah. You know, and, and but th- that's to my point is that th- that's the reason why we haven't seen that yet. I mean, firewall is the one's firewall point is, is, is kind of the exception to this. And even now, but from my understanding, the player base in firewall is really starting to drop off. Um, from what I've seen online, I guess I can't verify I mean, that mean, Well, I mean,
0: it already had an amazing run. I mean, you can't, a lot of that is probably just PlayStation headsets going. It's just tough when you've got new games. Like, you know, you've got Pavlov Shack for free. Um, You know, you've got Contractors. And onward, and Solaris, and Pop. One being the big one, and you know now Hyper Dash. None of them are on PlayStation.
1: Not yet. Solaris oh. comes soon. Yeah. I think.
0: Me? But you know what I'm saying though. Like, yeah. that's there's a lot of there's a lot of. If you're a real shooter fan, there's a lot there's a lot dragging you away from from Firewall. And Firewall's years old. Like, I mean, not on PlayStation though.
1: It. On PlayStation, there really no. isn't there isn't But it's anything dra- still. What I'm saying it's
0: dragging <clears throat> them from PlayStation. That's what I'm saying. Oh yeah, for sure, um, for sure, for yeah. sure. So but, that's the thing. But that's the thing. So I'm, yeah. That's years old, though. You know, like I mean, I don't, I don't fault them for that. No, and
1: they've even slowed down on their season passes too. I've seen people complaining about that too because obviously they're focusing a lot more on Solaris right now. They Um, should end it.
0: I think. I honestly think Firewall should close. I mean, it's it's probably the only thing giving them money because I don't think Solaris is paying very well. But um, I can't imagine
1: that paying well yet. I mean, hopefully Solaris is the game it wants to be one day. But right now, I mean, I just played Hyper Dash, and that game, in my opinion. It, it like solaris wants to be hyper dash if you, you know like
0: every student every studio um that wants to, that we're, we're making money as a priority wants to go into you know dlc at least and some type of loot box some type of some type of constant monetization because it's that games game as a service model that that shareholders want maybe but gamers don't so it's it's a conflict but it's like I don't know. It's, it's not going to go anywhere unless there's real pushback, and it's coming to VR. It's absolutely going to come to VR. My problem is, and this is something we didn't really talk about as much, is that kind of like, you know, bringing it back to all these things affect pricing. Is that, I don't know about you, but when I see, when I look at a game and its price, I judge its quality. Because oh, if yeah. it's not, if it doesn't have the balls to go for that 50 to 70 to $80 price point, then... I kind of expect it to be a short VR experience. Yep. And I think a lot of people are like that. Like, how many times have we seen? So let's say yeah, Blood and Truth, for example. And we know it's coming. It's been it's been you know hyped, but coming soon forever. We've seen trailers, but no one knows the price yet. And when the price finally comes out, a lot of us are like, okay, it's forty bucks. Like that's 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 good. But you know, um, we're not going to get a massive game. We you know that now. Yeah. Because they don't have, they don't, you know, they don't think that it's it's worth that, or they're too nervous to come out at that price point. I think no matter what we say, is the VR community is still much more stingy with their money. No, nope. they're, they're more, they're way, they're way more, they're way more um, gun shy.
1: Yeah, and like I said, part of that too is justified. I mean, like I said, the early goings of VR. I mean there are a lot of titles that came out that just did not deliver the goods and and honestly I think price the price of VR games has come down a lot since 2016 um, for content value wise I think there was a definitely there's there was an adjustment period there where games just cost you know every single game that came out in 2016 2017 was in the 30 I would say in, in the 30 dollar mark um, and they were like trash games like not good at all But at the time, we were just consuming anything we could get because there was so little to have.
0: That's where I wanted to go with that. There is a a different buying behavior in VR, I think. Like you were just getting to there. You know, the fact that we consume, we are willing to buy things and spend money on them just because we think that the initial experience might be awesome, even though the game depth isn't there. That type of buying behavior doesn't exist nearly as much in, in traditional games media. People aren't paying money just so they can like, run around a single level of a game cuz it'll be cool even though there's nothing past that.
1: Dude, The Climb. The Climb is a perfect example of that. You literally well, just look. Yeah. You just climb. A, all you do is climb in like gets... settings. That's all you do. I mean, that's a $30 game. Is it worth $30? I don't know. It it it's it, it's a very singular experience.
0: But there's a but, big but you can tell there's a big budget behind I that. I love that game.
1: I, I, i'm yeah. totally down for just climbing it's all it's one mechanic they, they you know there's some stuff to it but it's a very it's a very simple game
0: well you are paying for the experience that is definitely an example of a game where it's not content driven it's experience driven and that's what i'm getting at that just doesn't really exist in no traditional gaming not really it's not like oh my god i got to swing my sword in demon souls that was some oh.
1: Dude, if there was like a game hit by a train in VR and it was five dollars and it looked like a real train was going to come hit me and run me over, I'd pay five bucks for that.
0: I'd pay five bucks for that, right? And that's (laughs) Sony. Sony has, and Sony has touted how much money they have made on software. I think it's one of the reasons that they're doubling down with a PSVR two, is because I bet you they are making a decent amount of coin off of the software sales. Because how many people do we know? Um, just even in the, just being in the Facebook groups that are like, yeah, I own like 250, uh, PSVR games. How many do you guys own? It's like a More thing. More than you. <laughs> because they're, because they are, they are kind of cheap and disposable, but that also, that works against that, that, that impression of the value for, of, of VR games in general. Like people kind of expect them to be mediocre and that's unfortunate.
1: I mean, dude, like, wait, like, like, I mean, oh, this is, I'm not sure we want to end this. I think we are going to make this two parts because I'm not done talking about this at all. Um, So for those of you listening, I think we're going to break this up. Um, But like all this is kind of, this is all coming ahead of 2022. Um, We'll touch on this in a bit, but like when the PSVR 2 drops, are we going to expect $20 games still? Alrighty, boys and girls, that is it for episode 12. Uh, We talked a lot more about this, so stay tuned for episode 13 where we continue the conversation.